We are brought to you by Hidden Gem Design Company. Uh, they're a local startup here in Salt Lake. Uh, they make custom hand stamp necklaces from high quality sterling and gold filled materials. Um, they have something for everybody. In fact, I just got my wife one the other day with the initials of our two children on it and it looked amazing. They're a minimalist necklace. They've got a lot of things to offer. So go check them out. Uh, their Etsy shop, um, etsy.com uh, forward slash hidden gem design co and make sure that you grab something and tell them that the thinking project sent you because these necklaces are absolutely fantastic uh, like i said high quality uh, they can do custom orders um, and the best of all you're supporting locals so go check them out hidden gem design co Okay, guys, we're also brought to you by Hepius. Hepius is your number one place to go for premium CBD products that won't break the bank. And I promise you guys that if you check these out, you won't be disappointed. They've got something for everybody. It's THC-free, which means it comes with a work-safe guarantee. Whether you need a roll-on for your muscles and your joints, you need a sleep aid to get your day ending right, or you need uh, their number two that get your day started right. Uh, they got something for everybody. They're quality, uh, lab tested, third party tested. It's all good. Go check them out. Happiestmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com and tell them that the Thinking Project sent you. What's up, everybody? Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Felix K.O., uh, who is the owner of a neuromarketing company called Happy Buying Brain. Uh, but before I get into that, wanted to say thanks to everybody who has um, left a review on iTunes, a rate and review on iTunes, who's joined the Facebook group, who's followed me on Instagram. Uh, please do. Uh, my data shows that a lot of you listen to this on, on iTunes. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, please subscribe and leave a rate and a written review because that helps me out a ton. And without further ado, let me introduce Felix. Um, like I said, he's the owner of Happy Buying Brand. They're a neuromarketing company. Uh, they've been around for quite a while. The The industry's been around from quite, for quite a while. He's based in Canada. Uh, I ran across Felix uh, through a marketing uh, through a marketing company, uh, and I'm glad I did because we had a great conversation, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So, without further ado, please welcome Felix K. Welcome everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into the Thinking Project. Yeah, while we get this set up, why don't you tell me um, a little bit about? So I know we got connected through Tracy, uh, and she connected me with quite a few really awesome people. So I'm mm -hmm. like really excited for this interview. So um, while I get this uh, pushed over to Facebook, why don't you tell me a little bit about like what you do and what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. So just a little background information myself. So I guess the best way to really explain what uh, how we kind of got here is so obviously mm -hmm. I am the founder of the near marketing company in Edmonton, Alberta called Happy Buying Brain. And really all this um, came about probably if you were to look at it, uh, the journey probably stemmed about 20 years. And it was this, oh, wow. this perfect merger. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool of, um, you know, the educational background and then uh, combining that with, uh, you know, the 
business and marketing experience. And then um, what ended up really happening and tipping the things forward is just it's an ideal or perfect time in terms of the adoption or the adoption of the concept of uh, the neurosciences into our everyday lives. And I'll go into that uh, more as well. And, um, wow. you know, it, it really helps with um, the economy too. Like a lot of businesses are looking for new solutions, right? Or, or different ways to do things more effectively as well. So neuromarketing certainly brings that, um, you know, that advantage to the entire business world. So um, it's really neat to be able to look at the entire journey, which started, as I mentioned, like if you and I were to have this discussion, of course, there'll be no Zoom or no anything. We'd be sitting around <laughs> probably at a table face to face. That'd yeah. be nice. Like once all the stuff clears up and, and returns to some sense of normalcy again, is that we'll have the opportunity to have a lot more um, chats where they're in person. Uh, yeah. But um, going back to the university days, the initial, um, no goal at that time was to get into optometry. So, you know, I have uh, family members that are in the health field or in the medical field as well. So that was a huge influence to kind of push forward in terms of the academic side of things. And I took a really strong interest in terms of the biological sciences and psychology. So for the most of, you know, the, the post-secondary tenor, it really uh, revolved around um the educational side in terms of the, the the sciences and the psychology and uh, you know things really took a, a big turn after that is you know we went from more theory stuff which is like a book stuff when you're sitting in class and trying to memorize you know like old textbook <laughs> right. full, of, full of things to yeah, now yeah, um, yeah. like how you and I are having a conversation and there's no like there's no real book right there's no guidance no manual to have <laughs> how do you talk with people so it went from like yeah. very structured mm -hmm, until uh, what we're doing right now so um so I kind of got introduced to, I had some couple of friends got introduced to like the self-employment world and then eventually transitioned to the um, tech and mobile space. And then coming out of that, uh, you know, really spearheaded what, um, what, what I'm doing today in terms of, uh, you know, providing you know, marketing services to businesses and companies to uh, help them understand their consumers a lot better. And at the same time, um, you know, really make their marketing a lot more effective, especially as it relates to today's um customer in this new normal. Yeah, no kidding. So when you, you when you mentioned uh, like neuromarketing, so mm -hmm. in my experience with like marketing and sales, you know, mm -hmm. there is a lot of like psychology of the sale, right? For sure. Um, is that, I mean, is that kind of similar to what you're talking about? Like how the consumers like have changed psychologically in their buying processes? Yeah, that's certainly one point. Like when you look at marketing in total, Psychology yeah. is such a huge part of it, right? Because how can you deny yeah. that, uh, you know, the, how psychology is such a big impact in terms of consumer buying behavior. Right. But neuromarketing, it takes it a step further. It wants to explain why on a biological level, um, you know, consumers make those purchasing decisions, for example. Yeah. So combines kind of like, when we look at psychology, it's kind of like your mind is in the air. There's really no concrete or tangible thing, right? Like if you talk to someone and you ask them, you know, like, where does your mind exist? It's like, well, it's kind of like everywhere. <laughs> the, 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 it, it seems to be like there's no physical structure that kind of is associated with it. Yeah. Um, whereas the brain is everything really emanates from the brain, right? Because that's kind of like the headquarters or, or the central co command center, so to speak. And, you know, a lot of those thought processes that happen inside the consumer's uh, mind per se, or the psychology actually is heavily influenced by certain physical structures in the brain and also neurotransmitters yeah. and stuff like that, that play into it. So it's really drawing this link between um, 
know, understanding the why versus just the how something's done or or, or what to do. Where yeah. tra- traditional marketing, a lot of strategies based on that, like, okay, well, how do you run, let's say, Facebook ads, right? Or what should I do here? So, so you're just adding another deeper, more complementary layer to that and be like, okay, well, why don't we look at, you know, understanding why to do something like this? Or we look at an ad and be like, how could we optimize it? And why would the consumer be more responsive to this type of ad versus this type of ad? Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were talking a little bit about, and by the way, um, there was all these technical difficulties. I never ended up going to my Facebook group, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's no worries. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we have this yeah, on but, record anyways. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we're, we're good. So um, when, when you started all of this, did mm-hmm. you think it was going to end up like, you know, you mentioned you had gone into um, university and things like that. Right. So, um, did you think you were going to end up like owning a, a neuromarketing business? Is that the route that you had planned on? I would say a hundred percent. No, <laughs> that is, that is a true, that is a true answer. In fact, uh, yeah. I didn't see myself being in business at all. It was more, okay. um, just finishing school, go out and work, let's say as an optometrist, um, yeah. you know, find, you know, a clinic and, and help patients out. And okay. um, from there on, um, you know, who would have known that the business side maybe would have came out of that. But initially, like at that period of time going through university, it yeah. was simply, I think, is this try to, you know, make something out of it, right? right. So sometimes <laughs> yeah, exactly. it does or doesn't indirectly, but yeah. it does always have an impact in terms of our our, our journey. So um, ironically, you know, fast forward two decades later, and it's such a huge part of the near marketing side because it under like it uh, requires a fundamental understanding of the biological side or evolutionary side of yeah. um, the brain, right? So it was a it was a great something that I don't think anyone could foresee because during the university days, near marketing was just starting to come about. Like the term near marketing was is only like you know a couple of decades old. And it's really right. over the last right. 20 years that it starts to kind of get out there and not be associated with, um, let's say, with the, especially the neurosciences were more yeah. kind of tied to the realm of like the, the medical field. You know, if yeah. somebody came in with some sort of mental condition, then it's very important to understand what was going on in the brain. What were they thinking? What's the psychology behind that? But right. now the, the next step of the evolution of that was to, um, you know, see how this whole neuroscience side could be applied to um, industries outside of, let's say, the field of medicine or health per se. Yeah. Wow. Well, and um, and that's so true because, you know, when you mention neuromarketing, like it is, it is relatively new. But when I hear of neuromarketing, mm-hmm. like I'm like that just makes a lot of sense. Like you want to understand like why people do things, um, because and you know when I trained salespeople, I did that for a little bit. Um, I would, you know, there was only a, there's only a few things that you trained on because yep. like people are very habitual, right? Like one of my, one of the first books I read and one of my favorites still is like the power of habit yep. and, and how people just like, I mean, it's very, Automatic, it's very scary right? how predictable, like <laughs> even like I am as a buyer, you know what I'm saying? And so is that kind of the route that you look at, um, when you're, when you're developing marketing plans and business plans with yeah, I think that that's, you know, a certainly a critical component of it. Um, okay. You know, what else do you do with that? Well, just to give uh, some background information in terms of this adding on to what you mentioned about the habits, right? Yeah, so yeah. going into more like the neuroscience side of that, why that happens is because of our 
you know, up to 95% of our decision-making process is influenced by our subconscious mind. And a lot yeah. of that programming kind of happens, you know, below the level of consciousness, which as you mentioned, is kind of scary or it's kind of like, you know, kind of unique in a way that, you know, yeah. that all these programs are kind of getting going on with, uh, and we're kind of like, in automatic mode for a vast majority of the time doing a lot of, you know, things that sometimes we're not even aware of. We'll pick up a thing, drop it off. And then if someone asks us, you know, like, did you grab the item? Maybe you picked it up and threw it in your car, but it was such a <laughs> habit that, you know, at during that time when we're actually physically executing it, we're just thinking about a million different things. And, you know, it's in a day we think um, in terms of the recurring thought, we get, um, you know, anywhere upwards to 60,000 thoughts a day. So of which up to 95% of those are recurring. So just imagine how little space there is for like new thoughts and new memories and so forth, right? So that yeah. just comes in alignment with what you mentioned about, um, you know, like how as humans, we are habitual. So we want to make sure to craft those habits in a way that's going to be <laughs> productive, hopefully, and uh, yeah. get, us, get us in that direction that we like to move in. Wow. That's awesome. So I know like, I know we're on like short time and there's a few mm -hmm. things that, you know, I like to know about business owners and, and sure. I really appreciate your story so far because it's, it's very common. And I really like to hear those stories where people start in one thing and they move on to, to finish, you know, or to start a business. Cause yeah. it's just, uh, you know, it's just something that no one ever thought of, but it's also so natural. Like, um, do you feel like running a business besides like all the all the logistics, right? Mm -hmm. As a business owner, do you feel like it came naturally to you? Do you feel like, do you feel like it was something that you were supposed to do? Or when you decided to like start a business, like, did you kind of fight it? I think, you know what, <laughs> as much as I like to give a clean cut answer that, you know, like, oh, when I woke up uh, one day, I, I, I knew exactly what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure like yourself, yeah. Dalton, or maybe other, uh, you know, many other entrepreneurs, it was, yeah. it was very, this mixture of the exposure, the environment that you're kind of mm -hmm. during your journey. So who you came yeah. in contact with, right. Um, you know, what experience did you have during that time? But I would say it was a combination of all those things that came together. Like if, um, how we talked about, would, um, you ask me, would I see myself here as a business owner today, an entrepreneur? Yeah. Uh, my answer was a hundred percent. No. So yeah. in terms of the progression of it, it was, um, I think it was this, being around people at that time that were more willing to think outside the box and knew that there was other opportunities that existed, let's say outside of just the school system and just being open, being like, you know what, I don't know if this is for me or not, but at least I'll give it a try. And, and the, the worst thing that, that happens is like, Hey, I found out and you know, it's for me or not. And then you continue to do what you do. But I think that's such a huge important thing is just to keep our, um, you know, just keep our options open and our minds open to new opportunities because yeah. in a lot of ways we don't know where they're going to lead to. So um, just to answer For your sure. question. Yeah. Just to answer your question. It's, it was just a matter of how kind of things <laughs> just kind of, kind of worked out and, and um, you know, it's, it's been, of course, a lot of ups, a lot of downs and everything, but yeah. every entrepreneur, every path that you take regardless will, will always be, you know, um, a value, like a, a value of like peaks and plateaus. Oh, absolutely. And you know, what's funny is like uh, the same thing happened with me. Um, mm -hmm. when, you know, when I'm looking at starting businesses or something like that, or uh, like I fought, I honestly, I fought it a little bit because, um, it's just, it's so crazy to me, <laughs> yeah. um, that we can like start businesses. You know what I mean? Um, 
And what I mean by that is, is like, I totally, for, for the longest time, like I fought myself because I was, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it was insecurities or whatever, like I just wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna do it. And then it just was for me, it was like, and so many people that I talked to, like you mentioned, like just came so natural. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just like flowed until I couldn't fight it anymore. But definitely like you're saying, like I never, like I've, I always wanted to start a podcast, but you know, I, I didn't, you know, for like a couple of years, I didn't know who I was going to have on. I didn't know what I was going to say, but I knew I wanted to do something. And like, Mm -hmm. but once you start a business, like so many things open up for you. And so what are some of those things that like, once you started your business kind of like, like opened up for you? What are some of the things that like you've learned during the process? What, what kind of things have opened up for you? I think is this the whole idea of uh, meeting new people. I, I think you come <laughs> yeah. across this so many fascinating people and different types of businesses that um, you know, are able yeah. to help such a vast amount of people in different ways <laughs> and also yeah. generate revenues in ways that, you know, nobody really thinks about and be like, Oh, there's a business that does this. Like who would have known that there was a market for it? Dude. Yes. I have seen that so many times. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, there's people making real money off of this stuff. Yeah. And I I would have never even guessed that. Exactly. And it's it's like, it's amazing. Right. So when you come across that, it's, you know, at first, as you mentioned, like you, you fight it. And I think a lot of that, and now that you bring that up is, as you know, there, there's there's a sense of that as well coming into it. And even, you know, your whole yeah. journey, I don't think that really goes away. It's almost like the butterfly. Like if, if you ask any professional <laughs> athlete, hey, do you still get butterflies? They always tell you that that it's still there, but they just yeah. found better ways to manage it. So it doesn't oh, perfect. Sure. Yeah. So it doesn't uh, affect the performance. And I think the same thing is here is that, you know, certain points, people are always going to be feeling some sense of how you mentioned when you're getting ready to start the podcast, <laughs> you didn't know, you're like, okay, you know that you want to do a podcast. But, you know, like how, where are you going to get your guests, for example? Like there's all these different yeah. things that kind of factored into the unknown and maybe the fear of the unknown. And that's something that won't go yeah. away, kind of like the butterflies. But this now, you know, like how do we manage it? So even though it's there, you know, we still continue to have some way to deal with it and still be effective. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's that's really key in terms of like the, the business journey. So that stops a lot of people, right? Is, is this not knowing how things are going to turn out, that uncertainty, because... Well, who would, if, if someone said that, Hey, in five years from now, you're going to be ultra successful. Anyone's going to do it. <laughs> like who wouldn't? Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Man. That's all. Yeah. It's such a good point. And it's something that I've never really talked about. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of go back and, and ask some of my previous guests because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wonder if that's, that's common. I'm sure it is, man. You know, I, I'm sure it is. So what, what do you like when you're, when you're meeting with a client, you're going over this neuromarketing plan, what are some of the things that you try to focus on to help businesses grow? Yeah, I think the main thing is understanding first of all, how their customer really thinks. And this is more on, in terms of, um, explaining things of how, um, you know, the brain is, uh, how the brain is physically structured mm-hmm. and also how information physically enters the brain. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, neuromarketing, yeah, it's really some really awesome <laughs> stuff. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll dive into it. I know that we have another 10, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> so, um, but you know, this will be like a Cole's note to how, yeah. you know, like, uh, the introduction to kind of how the, uh, the brain structure and how information physically enters the brain. So everybody is familiar with, um, so the brain really has three primary function, right? It just wants things that are fast. It, it wants to be energy efficient and it's yeah. there for threat detection. So in other words, the brain is really, really lazy, right? It doesn't want to do any work at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
so now as a job of the marketer, now how do you, how do you get across, <laughs> you know, and, and now cut through all the noise that's happening uh, in addition to, you know, how the brain's designed to, to really function, right. As a, as a, an energy or an energy conservative um, yeah. organ, so to speak. So um, the best way to do it is, um, you know, there's, there's several models, but uh, the, one of the, the models that explains it the best was a model by Paul McLean, which is a neuroscientist that was proposed in the 1960s called the triune brain. So tri is in three. So, yeah. you know, that model describes the brain in three parts, but really, um, you know, after I go through it, it's really two parts of you really to combine um, two of the components together. So if you used to, first of all, if everybody's familiar with the logical brain, right? So, yeah, yeah. so when you ask anyone, hey, what did you do this and stuff, they, everybody could give a, a logical explanation of why it's done. But at the same time, it may not be the the real reason why, why right. it is. is a, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So because if all of us were, were logical 100% of the time, then, you know, the, it's you'd be making pretty much a lot of decisions that are devoid of, emotions but well yeah and i would say yeah and i would say Mm -hmm. if you're if you weren't if you didn't have your logical brain you wouldn't i I don't think you'd make a lot of decisions you know i think uh yeah i just you know i I feel like well i read this in a book by mark manson he he Mm -hmm. talked about this idea of like not having emotions but anyway i I mean i'm sure we can go down the rabbit hole but yeah i i totally hear you yeah 100 (laughs) percent. well at least smart at least smart decisions if let's say that we were to remove the the logical brain right that's true yeah so so the smart decisions definitely come from that because it's more rational uh it's involved in um you know more in-depth decision making um also planning is a huge one and socializing right because without that uh, it'd be hard to socialize so you know, starting at the base of the brain. So you have the brainstem, which is considered your reptilian brain. So that is, um, you know, it's, it's the way it responds is fast, automatic, reflexive, and is really responsible for your fight or flight response, right? Okay. So that uh, that's at the base. And then when you move upwards towards the, the midbrain or the limbic brain, that deals more with emotions and uh, social situations, like status hierarchy, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So together, when you combine both the reptilian brain and the limbic brain together, that comprises the primal brain. And then what sits okay. on top of that is the is the logical part of the brain, right? So how yeah, information yeah. actually flows in is it actually flows in starting from the base of the brain, whereas you know the 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 common thinking is everything goes directly to our logical brain. Oh yeah. So you yeah. have this part of the brain now that's the primal brain that actually acts as more of a primitive filter because the reason why it does that is because once again, one of the primary functions of the brain in general is to conserve energy, right? Because it it wants to be energy efficient. So the cortex actually consumes a ton of energy. So now it needs to be really good with like what it focuses on. So you have this primal brain now that actually does, it's almost like the gatekeeper, right? So now, so, so how do you, as a marketer, you know, create, let's say, core brand messaging where it convinces or influences the uh, primitive brain to pass on that information to the logical brain, which will deal with things such as like facts, data, numbers, things like that, right? Because those, those are all logical things. Yeah, that, That's yeah, just yeah. too much. That's just too much. <laughs> like if you gave that to the primal brain and they looked at like a bunch of numbers and things, like any ideas are abstract, like it would just totally turn off. Like it doesn't know what that is. Sure. Right? So sure, that's sure, why sure. that's why it has to pass on to the logical part of the brain. 
And there's an idea yeah. of how that, how, um, you know, how in sync that is, because in terms of, um, you know, the common understanding is, hey, if I hear something, my logical brain is going to be the first part of the first part of my brain that processes it. Yeah, is that, um, for sure. For example, you know, if we see walk outside and we see a crude, like something on the ground, for example, yeah, the very first thing, and it happens to be, you know, in in the shape of let's say a line per, per se, right? So yeah, six feet, yeah, exactly. line, right? The yeah. very first thing that happens is your heart starts to race, right? <laughs> right. Because yeah. you don't know what that is. You think it could be a wild animal, like what? What is this thing? Like a, a like a, a reptile? Like is this something that's a danger well, to me? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, but then after that, a, a couple of seconds later, that information actually gets passed to the, the logical side of the brain, which goes, "Hey, you know, like this, this chill out. That's actually a hose on the ground." So <laughs> it shows, like the, um, you know, that's just uh, an example that demonstrates how the brain processes the information. Because if we didn't have the information going through the primal brain at first, then um, you know, the logical brain would automatically identify. You know, there's no need to freak out because this is only a hose on the ground, and you don't need to increase your heart. Rate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, that's always <laughs> always a good uh, example to use, kind of like the the snake versus the hose type of example of how yeah. the, the primal brain immediately processes it. And um, that's okay because the primal brain, what it does is it assesses the situation on a threat versus non-threat situation. So because yeah. that's key to the survival of humans in general. So you know, right, how do you right. how do you create that message now where um let's say that brand now is considered, you know, familiar and as um, something that's very likable and friendly. And then from there on, you know, how do you create the associations with it? Like give the emotional impact and the status to it. And then from there on, that's when, you know, your, all your, let's say your bullet points of, um, uh, that's saying like, uh, you know, 57% uh, bought this and so forth and and all that stuff becomes really critical. Um, yeah. A lot of times we see that companies, they just start off with the logical side and be like, oh, here's here's like, you know, five bullet points and, <laughs> and they'll be all about like figures and numbers and data and statistics. And then the, the problem is, unless that st- brand is like already super duper established, yeah. then um, what ends up happening is a lot of the, the consumers will kind of like brush it off because it's speaking to the wrong part of the brain at first. And even large companies understand how powerful the primal brain is. So even though they have an established reputation, they still need to connect with the consumers on that subconscious or emotional level so that they will still be remembered and top of mind. Otherwise, let's say if they were to just run, let's say ads for, let's say for the next six months and and it's strictly just based on targeting, let's say the logical part of the brain. So it'd be like a picture of the ad and then, you know, five bullet points that they're all like statistics. And then you compare that to another brand that, that, that actually focus on, you know, like pictures that, that, uh, you know, um, triggers certain types of emotions and so forth or, or um, commercials, like over time, you're going to see this engagement drop off for the company that uh, even though both have big brand recognition, but over time, the, bra- the the primal brain of the consumers will become generally become more um, attracted to those ads that are now kind of, you know, that they're able to tap into those, those uh, emotions and draw those associations with those, with their brand to solving those specific solutions. So that when someone right. goes out and buys those brands and, and services, then that's, they get that happy feeling 
for example, yeah. in, in that ad yeah. or something that they see. But if that's not shown in the same ad of a company that chooses to go like 100% away from that, then over time, like the, generally the consumer forgets, you know, all those emotions and and everything that comes along with purchasing that brand, for example. Because a brand yeah. is just an emotional state. That's all right, it is. Right. <laughs> right? So a brand you, you buy because yeah. it makes you feel good. Or some brands, yeah. like if something is impacted in a negative way, you know, it, it actually has the opposite effect where, where let's say right. some, something happens, like, you know, no examples or anything, but, but we understand when <laughs> something happens, that's bad. And they'll be like, oh, by the way, you want to buy this brand? And, and people are like, nah, you know, I'd heard something on the news that, you know, like something happened to it or, or, or there, uh, you know, something that is not in a, a positive light. Right. And that, that all obviously affects the, um, the perception of the, of the brand as well. So that's kind of like a, in a high level, you know, how we explain, um, you know, how consumers, they perceive the brand, right? And then the key part yeah. is, of course, yeah. how do you build those associations? And that's where like the, the real magic happens. And I, we have about, uh, I know a couple, well, so yeah. Yeah, we have a well, five more minutes, but it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's key to anything from increasing conversions and sales, for example, how right. do you attract attention? How do you increase engagement? Um, also, uh, course, you know, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what brand message do you push out? Do you push out, for example, PayPal, when they did their testing, they're more focused at that time on safety and security. And yeah. after doing, um, you know, these brain studies on on the on the, um in the in those studies with the Dunvaltus brain studies, they found that actually um, brand messaging that revolved around convenience and speed yeah. was actually something that connected more with the with their their audience, right? So right, um, you know, this, right. So that's pretty cool. So even though like a lot of companies, let's say, do not have the funding to or the resources to actually um, do these um, brain studies, a lot sure. of these neuromarketing strategies that are based on these near marketing studies can be applied to the marketing campaigns. So that's that how you sense, could take, yeah. exactly. So that's how you could take this information data and then, you know, apply it to companies that were at that time may not have the budget to actually run these, um, these scientific studies on their consumers. Right. So yeah. um, there's certainly correlations and inferences that can be drawn that would give you give a, a company a, a better idea, at least how to um, implement these um, these strategies in their campaigns. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that that's great. Well, um, just, uh, you know, with these last couple of minutes, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you if they're listening, if they have questions or they want to take advantage of uh, of your your services, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I think it's, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. So if you can okay. search Felix Kale on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to connect with people on there. I post, you know, all the stuff on your marketing on there as well. Uh, second okay. place is on my website at happybuyingbrain.com. And, you know, I post regularly on the blog as well. So that would be a good idea if, uh, for people who are looking to get a better understanding of what's happening in the world of near marketing as impacts business and marketing in general, then and yeah. uh, no, feel free to subscribe to the blog as well. And of course, you can reach me at uh, usually my email, felix at happybuyingbrain.com. 
<laughs> right on. Well, hey, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate that we finally got it to connect, and uh, and we'll we'll definitely have to do this again because I have oh, more questions, sure. man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Dalton. I definitely appreciate Abs- it. But second time is certainly in the. I'm definitely open to that. I think we could really share some insightful stuff. <laughs> I think we can have fun, man. Well, thank yeah, you so sure. much. Thank you so much, Felix. Have a great day. Same with you. Thank you.